We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. I uh, hope this podcast finds you well. Uh, we have a great guest in, a familiar guest if you've been listening to this podcast for a while. Uh, we have Corey Kennan, who is with, uh, obviously, if you know, by now he's been with us at the OBR, also now runs, organizes, puts all the work behind the Browns wire, does a great job. Corey does not only Browns analysis, Corey does uh, draft scouting, does his own draft guide. Uh, somebody you should be following in the realm of the of the Cleveland Browns if you're already not, and then uh, if you care about certain aspects of the organization, such as who they're going to draft, draft guys who are worthy of being selected, and how we're all of that aligns. Corey's well worth your time, so we're going to dip our toe into a lot of Corey's knowledge on this one. So, first off, what's up, Corey? Welcome in, man. How are you? I'm good, Jake. It's good to be back on the pod. Uh, you know, just trying to enjoy my summer, taking it a little bit easier, content wise. But uh, yeah, man, I'm happy to be back. Happy to roll. Again, the draft never ends. It's, it's one class to the next, so I'm ready to talk some ball. It is one class to the next, indeed. I, I know that you, you know, you pour all that effort into getting your guide together, and then uh, before you know it, you take a little bit of time off, play, maybe play a little MLB the show, and then all of a sudden it's uh, it's digging into some film again. So what I want to do is kind of lay the groundwork for some guys in the coming class that that we should know. I mean, college football and the NFL are like you know, like six weeks away. It's going to be here before we know it. So I always think it's fun. Even though this is the last year, finally, the Browns won't have a first round pick, um, you know, part of the Watson deal. So they, they're, they're still out of first round pick, but there are guys that we can get to know. Maybe they'll actually uh, keep their selection when two straight years they've traded out of something in the forties. Right. Which right. has been a little bit annoying for all of the pre-draft prep, but I know you went through some guys last year, maybe the guys that went back and I know you do your quarterback charting and all of that as well. So I would say like the best question as it pertains to the Browns as we start is sort of who is on your radar for the Browns. I know it's so hard to get like values gauged and who's going to be a second round guy or whatever, but are there just uh, two or three that have caught your eye where it's like that guy can play. I don't think that he'll be the top of this class. He can play though. And that's a position the Browns are going to be looking at. Yeah. I would say the first one, he was my crush last year and he went back to school. He was, he was only a redshirt sophomore. So he went back to school, defensive tackle, 
which again, I think is going to be uh, going to be high on the Browns boards because again, so many of the guys are on one-year deals and I still think they're probably a, a Dalvin Tomlinson injury away at defensive tackle from being back in a fairly similar spot they were last year. So uh, I think defensive tackle is going to be high, but uh guy out of Illinois, Jerzon Newton goes by Johnny. Uh, he was, he, I wrote on him last year, interviewed him last year, uh, opted to go back to school again, was only a redshirt uh, sophomore last year. So um, young guy, 6'2", 295, really slippery athlete, really good with his hands, uh, dynamic gap shooter, good pass rusher, really good fluidity for his size. So uh, Jerzon Newton, Johnny, Johnny's one of my one of my favorites uh, in this class. Um, Clemson's got another defensive tackle that I like a lot. One of the best, best run defenders in the class. Uh, his name is Rook Orhorhoro. Uh, it's a mouthful, uh, and it's spelled exactly how I pronounced it. But uh, really, really stout run defender. Again, I think he's a, a little bit more limited upside uh, as a pass rusher, but understands leverage, understands how to use his arms as, as levers and, and has a really strong anchor uh, against the run. So uh, really strong two-gapper. So I, I like him quite a bit uh, as well. Really fun. And again, edge rushers, like, again, they don't have a first round pick. So you've got to kind of pinhole like, well, who do I think would be a fun, like, mid-round guy that, that the Browns could target? Like an Alex Wright or an Isaiah McGuire, like third, fourth rounds, second rounds, kind of those kind of guys. And um, I, I watched a young man out of Florida uh, the other day. His name's uh, Princely Uman Malayan. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's real good. He's listed at uh, 6'5", 250-ish, I believe, 245, somewhere around there. Uh, but at 6'5", again, I think his pad level could be better. I think his hands could be a little bit better. Uh, but he's an explosive athlete. Like, he's an, a top, like, upper percentile athlete. Really good flexibility at 6'5", to, to take the outside track, to play outside of his frame, to to cut tight corners. So uh, th- those are the ways to my heart. If you, if you you know, have length and, and, and don't lack flexibility, those are, you know, two ways to, to get into my heart. Um Again, I think wide receiver is going to be on their their list again. Again, Donovan Peoples-Jones, one-year deal. Amari Cooper's deal <laughs> causes yeah. some issues after this year. So I, I think there's there's some chances they, they could come back and uh, need another guy. So, you know, I look at, like, Oregon's Troy Franklin, 6'3", 180. So he's a little bit, a little bit smaller, but he's fluid. He's explosive. Uh, good long speed. Malik Neighbors from, from LSU is another one um, that, I, that I have a lot of respect for who's He's pretty stinking good as well. Uh, you know, I, I, it's not worth talking about the Marvin Harrison Juniors, the Emeka Bukas, the Xavier Worthies, those kind of guys. But uh, I would say those two guys are are two that uh, kind of rise to the top of my list. And you know, uh, I've got my eyes. I've, I've been watching offensive tackles as well, and I don't I don't think offensive tackles out of the realm of possibility, uh, even after taking Dewan Jones this past year. Depending on on what happens with Jed Wills this season, uh, but it's it's a fun tackle class too. So. I think, you know, what we're, we're going to probably to me, Corey, it feels like we're going to be talking about a lot of the same positions between mm-hmm. this year, what we were talking about, they were going to do. And they obviously go with wide receiver as we know, and then continuing to look, it's not like these, these decisions they've made this past year have solved everything. So again, it feels like defensive tackle feels like they'll be looking at edge because the Darius of that short term angle, even though they have a, Okoronko, it's clear they want plenty of depth there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, uh, it, it, it feels like they're going to still be poking around wide receiver. So this class, like who, who are the top names in the class uh, just in general? Like I know you, the Penn State tackle, you love a ton. He's mm-hmm. going to be at the top of the class. I mean, Caleb Williams, Drake May, the, the quarterbacks. 
they'll get overanalyzed and microscoped forever here. But but uh, there are, I mean, Marvin Harrison and then kind of like, are there, are there some others at the top of the class that you kind of have like a certified blue chip stamp on some of them? Uh, blue chip? Yeah. I mean, there's another edge out of Alabama, Dallas Turner. He's more of a, a DPR than, than, than Will Anderson was. But my goodness, is he, I mean, he's a flash in the pan off the edge. Like he's super hard to, to get hands on, really explosive, really flexible. Uh, has a nasty ghost move, violent hands. So uh, he's just a top-tier pass rusher in this year's class again. Uh, blue chip, though, man, that's that's a good question. Uh, you mentioned Marvin Harrison, I would say. That's a that's a pretty darn good one. Brock Bowers, obviously, a tight end out of Georgia. Where's Marvin for you? Is he is he Jamar Chase similar grade for you? Like, is, you know, because people love him, but it's not like we haven't seen these Ohio State guys and you know, Drake London had a nice first year. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot of wide receiver talent that comes out lately, but it feels like some of the stuff with him is he's at the top of the, the, the group of all these guys. Is it because of the name? Like, I mean, I feel like Marvin's really good. Don't get me wrong, but like there's been some guys who have been pretty damn good as well. But I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm off like he's that special. I, I would say he's unique. Uh, I, I would probably say he's a blue chip guy. Again, what separates him, I would say. Uh, and kind of maybe puts him in that chase range is, is especially let's talk about this wide receiver class compared to him. There's going to be some bias there as well. Cause this was, you know, uh, pretty much a, a slot dependent, small shifty guy, kind of wide receiver class. It's, it's what it was coming out this past year. Yeah. Um, now we're talking about a guy who's six, four, who runs a full route tree, really strong hands, plucks the ball out of the air, like tracks the ball really well. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if there's a defic- deficiency in his game, it feels pretty nitpicky. Again, he's going to run a low four, four, maybe high four, three like that. So at, at, at that size to, to be able to do all of that, I think he probably warrants a blue chip uh, grade. Comparing him to Jamar chase would be fun by the end of the season, you know, going back and evaluating chase and then evaluating Harrison and saying, you know, who had the edge of, you know, this trait, this trait, this trait, but I would say he's pretty worthy of the blue chip tag. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, there are some guys, you know, all of these, the London and Olave and Wilson group that went inside the top 10, but you start talking about like top five wide receiver draft, you know, it's a rarefied air up there. So uh, it just feels like, you know, Harrison is, and people were saying it this year mm-hmm. that if you'd have come out this year, I know we had the, the run on wide receivers in the twenties, right. But mm-hmm. it feels like the folks thought he would even have been a top five ish selection this year. So I'd be fascinated to see not only how Marvin produces with the quarterback play situation at Ohio state, which we know is a little uneven at the moment, but um, you know, just what his draft stock looks like. Cause it feels like there's almost, there's so little for him to gain being there mm-hmm. another year, you know, cause absolutely people see him as an NFL ready body and all that. So anyway, uh, quarterbacks real quick. So Caleb Williams, where does he sit on the spectrum of, prospects for you is he up there with the guys who have been selected first i mean i get that people make the patrick mahomes comparison and they say as a pro you're not talking about mahomes right now you're talking about mahomes as a prospect which was clearly a questioned and picked apart prospect even though i feel like we've learned some things as a Mm -hmm. as a as a football scouting world about quarterbacks since that 2017 draft ironically when deshaun came out as well um but it, it it seems like Caleb Williams has a lot of what people are going to love. Is is where's he sit for you? I don't know if you've done the the homework or even want to get crazy into the homework because the Browns aren't going to care about quarterback. But it feels like it's him, and then there's a gap, and then the sort of the the, the Drake May, and then some arguments around like Bo Nix and Michael Penix and some others. Yeah, Caleb's Caleb's one. 
Uh, I know people love Drake May, and I think body typing has a little bit to do with that as well. I think uh, the, I mean, people were drafting, you know, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield first overall, and it hasn't really panned out for, for those guys. And I think that's led to a little bit more body typing. We'll see how it goes with Bryce Young, another guy who's sub, about six foot or sub six foot that got drafted first overall. But yeah. uh, I, again, what Caleb can do off, and again, off platform and, and out of structure is just unreal. And Again, that, that kind of goes hand in hand because you talk about Zach Wilson and people fell in love with him because of what he did off platform, what he did out of structure and from all these arm angles and blah, 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 blah. But but what was overlooked is that like he just couldn't operate in structure. He couldn't yeah. operate like Yankee concept. He couldn't, you know what I'm saying? Like he couldn't do basic things in structure to where he bailed and then made these miraculous throws out of structure and down the field. And people were like, oh my gosh, this guy's great. And and I would say Caleb needs to be a little bit better in structure. I think his, his internal timer can slow down a tick. Uh, but it's it's not like Zach. He's not Zach Wilson. Um, I, I think his his internal timer is again a little fast. Um, but I don't see a complete blatant disregard for concepts called. I don't see a blatant disregard for one to two to three before you know starting to get mm-hmm. on the move. Uh, you, you see, it, you, USC's offensive line got a lot of praise, and I think they were like Joe Moore finalists for like the best offensive line in the, in the nation. But like they're they're not very good. Um, they weren't very good, uh, I should say. So I don't I don't know. Uh, why that was the case, but I think that played into it a little bit, but uh, he's a magician. He's got the arm angles. I'd like to see him slow it down in structure a little bit more, but Caleb is Caleb. Um, But this is a quarterback class. People love it already. Um, I'm more a little coy, you know, I'm going to play it. Caleb and Drake, and we'll see from there. Mm-hmm. People love Michael Penix. People love Bo Nix. People love Quinn Ewers. People love JJ McCarthy. And I'm just, I'm not there with any of those guys. I think they all have tools. They're all fun players at the college level, but like KJ Jefferson's not an NFL quarterback. We'll see how Shador Sanders does when he comes from, from the FCS level to the, to the Pac-12. Joe Milton's going to start at Tennessee and he's got a bazooka. He's got a massive arm, but like he's had opportunities to start and it hasn't been pretty. Like he got benched at Michigan. He got benched early at Tennessee. He started one game this year and it was okay, but like he's complete and a complete projection based on what, Hendon Hooker did for Tennessee and yeah. his tools. Yeah. Um, Plus, that's such a unique offense. Like that offense, I mean, watching so much Tillman tape, like they just do things no one else does. No, it's all, it's all, yeah. It's screens or verts. It's one of those two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with the weird battle. bunch stack alignments and yeah. like touching the sidelines. It's, it's so weird, but it is. It's, it's there there the are game. a few quarterbacks that I'm a little bit higher on. Uh, again, I, I think there are some, some decent quarterbacks. Again, at the top, you know, when we're talking. You know, this is a guy you want to trade up for. You want to invest top 10 capital on to be your next franchise quarterback. I'd probably hang with Caleb and Drake for now and not push it any further than that. Uh, but the Duke kid, Riley Leonard's good, man. He's 6'4", runs a 4'5". Uh, really nice ability, both with his arm and his leg. Um, and then there's a, a kid from Tulane, Michael Pratt. And he's just a he's a surgeon in structure. Again, I don't think his tools are great to like extend plays and, and make things happen outside of the pocket or when, when structure breaks down a whole lot. Uh, but I think he has, you know, spot starting uh, or or like Jared Goff-esque ability to come in and, and lead an offense. Um, and so those, those are two guys I'm a little bit higher on than, than consensus is as well. Um, but overall, like, and that's just how I play it. Every year people want to say next year's class is better, next year's class is better, next year's class is better. And then I get to this year's class and it's like, yeah, but like where would I stack Caleb Williams up against... Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Drake makeup against Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. And, and I'd probably have both those guys above both of those guys, but like, it's, it's not monumental. Like these guys aren't generational prospects. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
I get it. And then that, that's maybe perhaps even part of the way Houston felt right about those guys. Cause you're scouting years in advance. Not like they're, mm-hmm. they're just picking up the tape on these guys. So, you know, interesting angle about the, the trade that we're all mocking, which was them giving up their pick instead of the Browns pick. So uh, we'll see. I just want to get an early feel for some prospects, have a, uh, have some conversations about guys you like. That was pretty good. We're going to take a break. Uh, and then when we get back uh, a couple quick conversation points on the Browns that I think are pretty, uh, pretty important just uh just to kind of flesh out who we think is going to do what this year so we'll be right back we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I want to hit on this with you, Corey. We didn't really prepare for it, which I like to give you everything we're going to talk about, um, you know, ahead of time. But I, I thought of it because I'm writing an article on it right now that uh, Jim Schwartz mentioned specifically Alex Wright playing more inside, mm-hmm. which is which is interesting to me. You know, he's he's every bit of 6'5", 270. And, you know, if you see this guy in person, he's huge. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's a huge dude. I think that the thing that's interesting for me, Corey, when I watched him this past year is that is that I, I, I didn't I didn't think that he was very comfortable operating in space. But there are some there's some moments when he's playing defensive tackle that made me kind of like, you know, catch my attention here. Like, I'm, I'm fascinated if you put 15, 20 good pounds on him, got him up to 290, 295. If that guy could be a defensive tackle that plays uniquely in your system a rush system. It seems like they're going to give him that opportunity. I just kind of wanted your reaction to the idea that he could be playing more inside and perhaps even this ability to, to try to morph him into more of an interior player, because I, it's just sort of smells like that could be something they're trying to do right now and kind of into the future. 
Yeah, so that, Alex Wright's one of the funny guys when we talk about this class because people look at them adding Okoronkwo, Zedarius Smith, and Isaiah McGuire and say, well, it's because Alex Wright stinks and he's not going to play this year. Like, he's going to be he's going to be at the bottom of the depth chart. He might not, you know, like, but when I look at it, I say, well, he, he, he has a skill set that only he has in the room. Like, yeah, Miles can kick inside every once in a while. You don't want Miles kicking inside. Yeah, Zedarius can kick inside every once in a while, but you don't really want him kicking inside all too often. But I think Alex Wright's the only guy who can play three tech, four I, five tech out of those guys on a consistent basis that you feel comfortable doing that with. And so I think he's good. That's where he's going to make his living this year. You know, uh, I, I know you were a big fan of Demarcus Walker and free agency is this, this big end and this guy who could play, you know, four I and, uh, and really stand people up in the run game. And, and I, I think that's kind of what they envisioned for, for Alex, right. Just to solidify your point a little bit, like he's going to find the field and it's going to be inside. Like, yeah, every once in a while as a rotational big end, he might, you know, kick out to, to edge, but, but I, again, I think he's the only guy who can do kind of the things that on a consistent basis, again, sure, Zadarius and Miles can do that, but that's not really what, where, you, where you want to bury those guys. So, like, Alex is going to find snaps in there. It's pretty clear that they're not in this huge rush to figure out another body inside, right? Like Ioannidis and Shelby Harris and some of those guys are sitting out there still that they could be attacking this if they felt uneasy about it. And maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe they do. But it feels like they have some sort of plan. And for me – it really feels like Alex Wright is a part of that that plan to play inside more. So um, that that as much to me is is interesting. I, you know, having consumed what he did last year, I definitely think that there's some ability there. I, I see mm-hmm. why they're drawn to it. I see why they would specifically reference it. So I hope it turns out well because I think he could have a really nice impact in there and potentially find that inside out, you know, you know, think about like the Arden key situation, right? A guy who can play inside and out, and you get really excited about those interior snaps that it's like, Oh man, put that guy inside and he goes crazy. could be something similar. So I want to throw that at you. Another good question we received. And I want to make sure I give a shout out to Brett. I hope I'm saying his last name, right? Uh, Brett Minner is uh, this question about um, this, this season, who's going to have a bigger season, he wanted to throw out two guys who obviously are, uh, you know, the keys to the whole cog here. So he, he said, what do you think is more likely to happen? Miles Garrett setting the sing- the all-time sing- single-season sack record or Nick Chubb leading the league in rushing? He said that I think Miles leading the league in sacks is more likely, so I thought I'd set the bar a little bit higher for him, which I think is fair. What did TJ Watt set the sack record at? Um, Was it 22? 22 so. and a half. Well, Strahan was at 22 and a half. Yeah, 22 and a half, yeah, for Strahan. It looks like TJ Watt had a 22 and a half as well, so they're tied. And since technically the season was shorter for Strahan, he probably gets the nod. So, okay, 22 and a half. Is that doable? What do you think? Or do yeah. you think Nick leading the league in rushing? Who led the league in rushing last year? Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs, yeah. Um, but they wrote a horse man josh jacobs had an ungodly amount of carries yeah so jacobs had 340 attempts for 1653 derrick henry had 349 attempts for 1538 and then nick had 302 for 1525 so the question is okay jacobs is playing on a tag don't know if a deal will get done there feels like Tennessee is going to continue to run Derrick Henry into the ground until the, like he 
shows you seen the wide human? receiver room, man. Yeah, well, it's not pretty. They don't have a choice. And Saquon Barkley also on a tag situation uh, as well. And it seems like he's going to fight to figure out a contract. I'm just wondering who, like, who's going to be comfortable running these guys. And you know what I mean? Like who's comfortable running their running backs into the mm. ground. I feel like Josh Jacobs will still get the high volume. Uh, Henry is a likely target for high volume. I, I don't think to yeah, me, I don't Jonathan think Taylor maybe if he bounces back. That's true. Very true. Rookie quarterback. They don't want to throw it a ton. I mean, I don't know that Nick Chubb gets to three hundred two again. So I don't find. Oh, there's Nick no Chubb way they get to the three hundred carries again. Yeah, no I don't. Way. I don't. I don't find him leading the league very likely. So I would say Miles, right? And and what is Miles? Uh, what has his sack number been at the last few years? That's the question. 18, or is it sixteen? Let's dig that up. Sixteen and sixteen back to back seasons. Yeah. So he's got to have an uptick. It's not. It's not nothing. That's seven more sacks uh, to get to twenty three with, without any. Like while leading the team, like leading the NFL in a by a significant margin in double teams, right? So that's the the challenge on Miles' side, right? Which is, I understand that the Browns have added more talent, but does that? St- I think teams still might say, "I don't give a shit." We're gonna right. still yeah. double team this guy. I guess the challenge for Schwartz will be, and I think a good way of looking into this by the middle or late parts of the year, Corey, will sort of be if that number has gone down and I don't think that that number going down necessarily is indicative of they just added more talent. Is it, is that a means of they, they have figured out how to get him singled up because I think, I think Joe Woods did some creative stuff here and there. Mm -hmm. I want to give him some credit. He did do some funky fronts, but I don't know that he always knew how to get miles isolated. And that's kind of a unique thing, right? Understanding him not only to how to manipulate pass protection but but predicting what they're going to do with pass protection right and i think they brought in a young man i cannot remember his name off the top of my head Corey, who did some really good nfl datable stuff on this he did some blitz stuff to to figure out protection so it seems like they're trying to unfold protection here to give them some better pass rush predictable Mm -hmm. stuff right yeah i would agree i don't remember his name either but i know who you're talking about Uh, i would agree with that as well um for some reason, though, I I still say like there's a better chance Miles break that record than Nick Nick leads the league, leads the league in rushing. Oh, I feel I feel I, the same way. I feel yeah. the same way. So I mean, it's a mixture of Nick being in a position we think will have less volume. Now let me let me be careful with this because how many carries did Kareem have? Like if the Browns are really going to ride him, which I think they will. I don't know. He had 155 total. T- I just looked it up. He had 155 total touches, but only 123 carries. So he had, he had 30 receptions as well. So, so the question becomes, do we think, 35. do we think Jerome Ford gets to that same number? You know what I'm saying? Like, does Jerome Ford get to 130 or whoever they bring in? I don't know. So if you t- okay. So say mm-hmm. maybe Nick doesn't by virtue of sharing the exact same backfield with Kareem again, get to 300. Does the Browns like, you get what I'm saying? He could maybe, yeah. he could maybe have lesser of a second running back exposure situation which means then it turns into he still gets the same number of carries but maybe jerome ford's at like 80 right i don't know mm-hmm. i'm just I'm just thinking out loud a little bit i guess it's uh, it's plausible that they could do something like that but yeah. i'm a little yeah, i think i think pure handoffs are just going to be lower volume this year not that they're not going to run the ball like as much as they're comfortable but like 2020 cream hunt had 198 carries but but i think Chuck, that he started five games that year too so like yeah yeah, Jerome Ford 
is going to be lucky to hit that 123. I don't think he's going to hit that 123, but but I also don't think Nick Chubb's hitting 300 again. <laughs> I think so, the odds of Nick hitting 300 again are low, but 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 it just seems to how much they trust their second guy. That's the thing I'm mm-hmm. I'm really interested in because there right now there isn't a third guy. You're not running Felton very much, so I don't know. It's they could still also go out and sign somebody. Uh, as as far as we know, that could be that could move all the way up until the very last minute. We'll see. But I think if I were to bet, if I were a gambling man to bet on one, I would say feels like Nick is less likely than Miles, even though Miles is setting an NFL record, which is great, kind of crazy. <laughs> um, a good question here last is how does the Browns wide receiver room compare to the Texans wide receiver room that, that Deshaun found so much success with? So I thought we'd go back and just look at the names. The 2020 season when Deshaun had his best season, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, Jordan Akins, Kiki Kuti had 400 yards. And then um, David Johnson and then Darren Fells, a backup tight end, had um, you know over 300 yards as well. So Cooks is a, a versatile Z. I would say Cooks and Amari Cooper. I would take Amari Cooper at this, even at this stage. Similar player in terms of uh, well, Cooks can run. He's a bit. He's a bit. You know, he's a he's a he's a more of a vertical threat. But uh, you know, they're your separation creators. I could see that side of it. Uh, maybe Cooks a better parallel is. Uh, Elijah Moore. I don't know. Not sure. But Will Fuller is a vertical threat burner. This is where the Goodwin stuff is interesting. I feel like Goodwin might find a little bit of a role just because it's pretty clear. I agree. Deshaun loves throwing vertically. So that's a thing. And the, the guy that got, well, the other vertical guy they got isn't going to make the roster. No. So, yeah. Is not. Anthony Schwartz will be fading away into somebody's practice squad. Randall Cobb feels to me a little bit like Donovan, right? Not not mm-hmm. running away, just a savvy route runner, but he doesn't create much separation, catches the football. I don't think there's that much difference here. I don't think there's some talent discrepancy with this group. I mean, Aikens back in 2020 is 28 years old. It's in Joku. Joku's better. Kiki Kuti's, you know, limited player. He's he's a run. He can run. He can get out and get open, but I think the Browns Similar, I think that I would take the Browns wide receiver room over that too. one. Yeah, and that's the year Deshaun threw for fifty or five thousand, right? Twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, it is. Twenty nineteen had more talent. Um, so DeAndre Hopkins one hundred four for eleven sixty five. Will Fuller fifty for six seventy. Duke Johnson was third on that team with forty four for four ten. Kenny Stills forty for five sixty one. I don't know, man. I kind of. I mean, I know Nuke is great. 150 targets, 104 catches, 1165. That's very Cooper-esque last year. Will Fuller goes for 670. On the year, what did Deshaun throw for in 2019? He threw for 3,852 yards, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Kind of feels like that's the range. 3,800 to 4,200 is probably Mm -hmm. it. 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions would be a great outcome. Keep that number below 10 and I feel good about it. Yeah, right. And I yeah. think that like 1165, 670, I mean, these guys are pretty comparable. Like I said, Will Fuller is somebody that they don't really have, but you have guys that can do things that Will Fuller did. So I'm not really totally concerned about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Stills, Jordan Akins, and then Darren Fells was the third tight end. Kuti had 254 yards. So I don't, I mean, as far as like types, 
I think the Browns have the sort of types that Deshaun likes. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's a hell of a Will Brennan catch. I'm watching this game simultaneously uh, to our conversation here. But uh, I don't know, Corey, you tell me if, I, if, if there's like something really meaningful missing here between like this group and and what the Browns are bringing out in 2023. I don't think it's that far off at all. I think I feel like the, the Browns have every bit the talent, if not more. Yeah, I would agree. I would say what I think, what I think, and again, we have to see because it didn't pan out for him in New York. Maybe, maybe it will uh, with the Browns, but I, I don't see on either of those Texans teams, a second guy who has a similar ability to separate as the first guy. So, you know, if Amari goes down, I think based on, tape and based on separation data that Elijah Moore can do that. If uh, Amari or if uh, DeAndre Hopkins went down in 2019 or Brandon Cooks went down in 2020, which he did miss a couple games, like that Houston team didn't have a guy that I would say, yeah, that guy could step in and, and still produce. You know what I'm saying? Very, very much agree. It, it is not like these rooms were unbelievable. You know, Hop is great, but again, to just looking at the production he put out, 19, that's pretty much what Amari Cooper did. But you, you look at when when did things blow up for the Texans? They, they just got some really good production, you know, out of the 2020 team, got really good production out of mm-hmm. just kind of some random places. You know, you're getting 879 from Fuller, Cobb, 400. There's like, there's three guys here with over 400 yards, Kuti, Akins, and Cobb. Like, the Browns can recreate that. They should be able to recreate yeah. that. If they can't, that's a major failure offensively. Darren Fells, your second tight end, goes for 312 and four touchdowns. I mean, again, we were watching that 2020 team. We were watching Darren Fells score all these touchdowns. We're like, what's going on in Houston? How are they getting this out of these these tight ends? Like, it was it was nuts. So yeah, like Marquise Goodwin has gone over 300 yards, like three straight seasons. And he's hardly played. Like if you can't yeah. get 300 yards out of Marquise Goodwin this year, like I think that's the, that's where you want to sit with Marquise. Like, can you get 300 again? Good. Then that's your one good deal. That's worth it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So like, can you get 700 out of Elijah Moore? Can you get 700 out of Donovan? Like those are, what, those are the landmarks. We don't need three guys going for over a thousand yards. Like yeah. it'd be great to have a couple, but can you get 700 out of David? Like that's, that's kind of what we're, what we're looking for here. Yeah, that's fun to think about the targets. Like Amari's target's always a thousand yards, right? If you get a thousand yards, that's kind of what he's been in his career. So then you say seven hundred Elijah and seven hundred for Donovan. You say six hundred or more for Njoku. Njoku. You mm-hmm. say Aikens a couple hundred, Goodwin three hundred. I mean, you're talking about pushing that five thousand yard bar again. Like that's mm-hmm. that's just kind of what you're doing. Now, again, if you're getting to five thousand yards, like they had David Johnson at 314, Duke Johnson 249, Chad Hansen. Yeah, Chad Hansen 236, <laughs> Pharaoh Brown two touchdowns 163. Kenny Stills had 144. So you got to have some guys like could Harrison Bryant get to over 100, right? Like that's that's the question here. And they have depth. We didn't even mention Tillman. So like that's that's a, I mean, I don't I think that my my point is they have the general depth to do this and they have some some good depth as well to uh you know, be able to absorb an injury. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, I don't think these, these wider super rooms are that much different. I think that the roles are pretty defined to me and the talent is, I think a, a shade, a tick up uh, better than what the Texans had in 2020. So I don't think there's a weapons scenario holding back 
Watson from getting it done. It's kind of the mm-hmm. general point. It's a good question. You just can't have Nick Chubb and Harrison Bryant being your next leading receivers after Don, or after David Njoku. Like that, that can't happen. No, and I, I think they're trying to, I would hope they're trying to do things to curb that, right? You know, Nick can go for a couple hundred, right? You know, mm-hmm. Harrison Bryant could, could get some time in a game where somebody misses some time. He could get to 100. That's kind of like my, my general point about the 2020 team there were from the Texans. I mean, there were, I mean, this is so many names. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eleven guys over a hundred yards receiving. That's that's substantial. That's a lot of guys. You look at the mm-hmm. nineteen team when he went for thirty eight hundred, three, four, only eight. So take that for what it's worth. There were one, two, three, four, five, six over three hundred yards, and then the next year eight guys over three hundred yards. So it's a little more spread out. We'll see. I think the Browns have enough depth and weapons to get something similar production out of Watson in that season where he threw for 4,823 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. They got to be shooting for that. They have, they have enough diverse weapons to do something similar. So we hope they will. All right, Corey, that's a wrap, man. Good topic. Good conversation. We appreciate you being here, brother. Absolutely. Jake, you know, anytime. All right, guys, thanks for checking in today. We appreciate you stopping by. We'll get with Corey maybe one more time throughout the summer leading into camp. Check out his stuff at the Browns Wire. Continue to support him over there. And then, uh, you know, make sure you're following along with him at, I think it's, you're the fake Corey Kinnon right now uh, on Twitter. If I, if I, I am remember. fake Corey Kinnon, yeah. Yeah, somebody yes. swiped the rug out from under you on the real Corey Kinnon. It's a yeah. savage world out there. It is. It's okay. I don't want it back. That's why I changed it in the first place. Yeah, Yeah, it's paradoxical at this point. So there we go. Um, All right. So check out Corey's work. Check out the OBR. Go read the Greg Newsom interview that Brad Stainbrook put out today, which is pretty good. Some insight from the Browns. Now veteran, third-year corner, Greg Newsom. So we appreciate you stopping by, guys. Have a great day. Continue to support the OBR, rate and review the pod. All that stuff is greatly appreciated. Continue to shoot over questions for mailbags this weekend. Those are always helpful as well. Good topics. Some of you are sending over a ton of stuff. Can't thank you enough. Appreciate you being here. Go Browns.